Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have what I hope all of you will agree is a fantastic podcast. Actually, it's probably going to be a series of podcasts over the next few days about one of our favorite topics. And and I actually have learned that it's one of your favorite topics as well. It's an expansion with a lot more detail of Chapter 17 from our international best-selling book, Harris Rules. So what we're going to be doing over the next few days is we are going to do the best job we possibly can, giving you guys a step-by-step plan how to become truly wealthy and stay wealthy. I know a lot of you are going to have some preconceived notions about some of the words we're going to be using, words like wealthy, words like rich. Some of you guys are going to have some thoughts that uh, are not necessarily not necessarily going to reinforce the idea that you're ever going to be rich, and those thoughts are very normal for most of us. Um, I'm going to be addressing some of those uh, things that are holding you guys back in terms of what your real thinking is about rich people along the way, but I just want to challenge all of you that when you hear people or us talk about being rich and being wealthy and creating passive income and all the rest of it, and you feel any sort of revulsion to the concept, I want you to really ask yourself where that thought comes from, because the idea of being rich, of being wealthy, has become a political grenade, and it really shouldn't be, because it isn't. The bottom line is is that rich people, for the most part, and we have statistics on this in the book, but the real bottom line is, is most people that are rich are first generation. Most millionaires in America have earned it themselves. A lot of people perceive that they've inherited it. And most people that are millionaires, that are first generation in America, have done it by doing businesses just like yours. They've done it by providing a superior product um, in a superior way to the marketplace and winning. And so that's basically what we actually kind of, you know, coach you guys to do too. So please keep your head screwed on straight as we go through these points. Um, I am. I do concern. I do worry sometimes for those of you who don't really understand the whole point of being in business, because I know you're ultimately going to. You will eventually learn it, but unfortunately, some of you only learn it as you're unduly suffering from um, the learning curve. And our job, our mission, is to shorten your learning curve as fast as possible, so that you guys can truly be of service to other people. And by the way you know, spoil yourself and your family and your loved ones and whoever else you want to spoil along the way too from all your financial success. So Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Before we get to the points, do you have anybody you'd like to thank, recognize, or uh, show appreciation towards? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And this is a brand new Premier Coaching member who just posted on our private Facebook page for our Premier Coaching members. Kelly Stephenson writes, thank you for accepting me. I'm a realtor in Nashville, Tennessee. After 12 years training police dogs in the U.S. Air Force, so thank you for your service. Pretty interesting. I'm sure you've got some great stories about that. Training police dogs in the U.S. Air Force, I started my real estate career in 1999 in North Carolina. 
We have moved 12 times in 20 years and decided beautiful Tennessee is where we would stay. I have spent well over $10,000 since getting my Tennessee license in October 2017, but about two months ago I found the podcast that will change my life. Took me a while to convince my hubby that this was not another, yet another waste of money, so I sold a house and signed up for coaching. I'm so ready for this. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you for joining, Kelly. We're going to take great care of you, and I anxiously await helping you out on our daily semi-private premier coaching calls where we get a lot of work done and answer a lot of questions. All kinds of things happen on that call. So I'll be looking for your name right after this call on our premier coaching session. And then we also have a brand new member from Grand Bahama Bahamas. So that's a special shout out. Uh, somebody saying hello, Donna Lang Jones. So welcome to you as well. And then back to you, Tim, and we'll get started. Well, so look, guys, we did a very, I thought it was a very interesting interview with Diane Ramirez the other day. Um, what I, what we didn't, <laughs> we have the guests write their intros. And um, I didn't read her intro uh, prior to Tim Ventura, our show producer, reading it. And I have to say, I was really kind of struck by how humble it was, considering what an amazingly powerful person she is in the real estate industry. She's one of the most influential, frankly, richest people in the residential real estate industry. And to listen to that interview, you'd never guess in a million years she's anything um, – I mean, that she's – I don't know how else to say it. There is not a thread of ego, not a – a tiny, it, just the nothing there other than her wanting to be of service. It's really important that you guys listen to that for two reasons. One, I want you to know what a real classy gal sounds like. Obviously, we have Julie here as our role model. But, I mean, Diane's been in the real estate business since 84, and she's been through all kinds of different markets, which leads me to my second reason I absolutely want you to listen to this interview. Um, again, it's from a couple days ago. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher. Just go over to, uh, you know, you can go to timandjulieharris.com and click on podcast, and you'll find it there as well. But she actually was willing to have the hard conversation with all of our listeners about what's actually actually happening in the housing market. It's the same kind of, you know, between the eyes information we like to give. And we had a great time doing some role plays with some price change scripts. I, I'm here to tell you, listeners, please remember I told you this, okay? There's no doubt that in the near future, there's going to be a, a sea change of attitude about the overall economy. I, and I, there's a report that came out today. There are several that came out a couple days ago. And um, what we're seeing is in perfect alignment with what Julie and I saw back happen in uh, 2006, 2007, 2008 with a, a recession, but really a housing-led recession. This one's probably not going to be housing-led. Housing is going to suffer as a side stream. But the moral of the story is, is probably by the end of next year going into the following year, it's going to be a significantly different uh, economic environment. And I want all of you to be prepared. And to be prepared, we're going to be working on some uh, podcasts coming up in the next couple of weeks, which are going to be helping you to recession-proof your business. Remember, guys, it's always better to be way, way ahead of the curve as far as changes coming. Um, and we're going to tell you exactly where you need, what you need to be adding and what you need to be subtracting from what you're doing in your business so that you can not just survive but thrive in a changing market. There's two ways you can make money in a recession. It's after the, everyone knows there's a recession and while it's in, well, basically people are coming to accept the fact that there's a recession. The greatest fortunes in history have always been made during the greatest times of change. And you guys are going to be experiencing that. Maybe some of you for the first time professionally in the next, uh, probably, you know, I would say realistically 18 to 24 months. So please, please, please stay tuned into this podcast because Julie and I are going to tell you exactly what you need to be doing 
based on real-world experience, having been through personally four, arguably five recessions in our, uh, our lifetimes, but also having, frankly, coached thousands of you through the greatest recession in maybe the history of all of the United States since the 1920s Depression, which happened not, well, but 10, 11 years ago. So stay tuned in, stay focused, and anything we can ever do to help you guys, remember, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Those of you who have not received your free coaching call yet, I know we have 11 spots open this week. I got a memo prior to the podcast today. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And, uh, yeah, you can register for a free coaching call. And just by requesting your free coaching call, we're also going to give you six free books. Uh, the uh, books are, you know, the ones that people always want anyway. So it's the Real Estate Treasure Map. It's your 12-monthly generation plan. It's all sorts of um, – ideas with regards to basically prospecting, lead generating, and good stuff. And our other one, the other book that we're giving you is the book Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, which is based on Napoleon Hill's book, um, Think and Grow Rich. And these books are all available for you for free by just requesting a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, let's jump in. This is a really, really great topic. Um, uh-huh. Now, yes. getting re- so you want, I don't have the outline in front of me. Let me, you, want me you edited it, right? I can resend it to you, but you yes, okay. uh, you will again momentarily. I wrote it, okay, so hopefully I'll remember right. most of it, right? Yeah, should sound familiar. <laughs> but I'll start <laughs> yeah. out, and then it should pop up for you. Okay, so oh, there it is. point number one: this introspection time. We always like to start out with mindset points to get their head screwed on straight, so then we can lay on the you know more complicated stuff. So point number one: Why does anybody decide to become an agent? Deep down, get back in touch with why you did it in the first place. Some of you got licensed yesterday, and it's not that hard. Others of you, maybe it was 30 or 40 years ago. So typical answers, you wanted to not have a boss. All right, check, got that done. You wanted no one to control your schedule but you. Done. You wanted to own your own business. That romantic notion of the self-made man or woman appeals to you. Done. You wanted to be rich. Hmm, now there's the rub. Is that done or not done? So I'll turn that over to point number two for you, Tim. i ramped that up for you. So the question is, so that's kind of a funny way of looking at basically why a lot of people get into real estate. When we ask that question during live events, they always say the answers that Julie gave, right? So I don't want to ha- didn't want to have a boss, didn't want to have anyone holding me accountable, didn't want to have to be told what to do, when to do it, didn't blah, 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 blah. All these types of answers are what you typically hear. And then, the, then you also have a bunch of people saying, I didn't want anyone controlling my income, and I wanted to be rich. And then it's like, okay, well, you were able to do the first few things fairly easily. You have no one telling you what to do, no one telling you, holding you accountable, knowing nothing's going on. You basically are like a, a ship in the middle of the ocean going wherever the strongest breeze blows most of you on, on most days. That's how you operate, if we're being honest, right? But the one thing that's eluding you and will continue to do so is being rich. So here is the bottom line question I have. Uh, well, here's, write this down in your notes. I'm not going to do this in the same order, Julie. Write this down in your notes. The definition of rich is really quite simple. It's not it, – it, this is just – this is what it is. This will cut through all the Mickey Mouse that might be floating around your head about what, what rich is. Rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. That's it. Rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. I'll even make it even simpler for all of you. Many of you, once you do some uh, Dave Ramsey-style debt cutting – you can get your personal overheads down to less than 10000 a month. Many of you can get your personal overheads down to half that, around $5,000 a month. Whatever your number is, 
the first thing you have to do is just come to terms with what it is. And by the way, this is a really smart thing to be doing now while the economy is still going well. And so, you know, when the economy does adjust, if your money gets – if or the opportunities, you know, adjust along with it, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have – uh, you'll be lean and mean, and that way you can take advantage of buying opportunities for discounted real estate, which always happens in a recession. So the moral of the story is rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Most of you, uh, when you get your basically budgets in order, read Dave Ramsey's Total, Total Money Makeover if you're looking for a great coach on how to go about doing that. He is, no, I, he is just the best, period. And when you, get in it, when you start going in that process, what you're going to soon discover is that you will need probably once you pay off some debts no more than five to seven thousand dollars a month. Now, if you live on one of the coasts, I realize the number is probably three or four times that number. Um, but for the most part, most people in the country, most people in Canada, most people listing in Australia, most people listing in Europe, they're going to be in a situation where it's five to seven thousand. Some of you are even less than five thousand. Good. Okay. You, your goal is should get it, to be get your personal overhead down as low as possible. Avoid lifestyle creep. Avoid making it so that you have to earn fifty or sixty thousand a month just to basically break even on your personal overhead. It's very difficult. I don't care what your average sale price is and how much money you're making, but if you let the lifestyle creep get ahead of you, it's going to be very difficult for you to truly accumulate any wealth ever. You read any books on anybody that's accumulated any amount of money that what we just told you very practical. They're all going to tell you the same exact thing. Should feel like common sense because it is. Okay, so what you're going to do, and as rich as where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money, is your goal is going to be to acquire enough assets that produce passive income so that you have enough money coming in off those assets to cover all of your personal overhead. Thus, if you have a smaller personal overhead, you don't need as many assets, and you can be rich faster. Guys, get it? And it does not matter where in the country you live. If you're a personal overhead, once you just trim it back, once you just, you know, some, maybe some of the things that, um, like, you need to know what your core overhead is, your housing expense, your food expense, your insurance expense, your utilities expense, your, all those types of things. Write those all on a spreadsheet or just write them on a dry erase board. Add all those numbers up. Look into your uh, checking account if you use checks. Look into your uh, credit cards, maybe using American Express. Go through there and just look at everything, and you'll see that a lot of the stuff that's in there is, you know, stuff that if you had to cut it back, you could quite easily. You know, you don't need to get a cup of coffee uh, from Starbucks. Starbucks. Julie and I don't. When we leave, when we want to take coffee with us, we make it at home, we take it with us. Now, we don't do it necessarily for financial reasons. We do it because we don't want to wait, waste time waiting for coffee at Starbucks. We can just make it ourselves. So if you guys wanted to make some simple, tiny lifestyle adjustments that would be totally painless, that's how you can go about doing it. So don't think you can't do it. But again, listen to Dave Ramsey. He's the guru on all that. Now, now that you know what your overhead is, now that you know that you can basically be rich once you have enough money coming in from um, you know, your passive investing, i.e. real estate ideally, you now have a path forward to becoming rich. Your definition of rich, it might have been different than ours previously to listening to today's show. Maybe you thought rich was $10 million or $15 million or $20 million or whatever your million-dollar number was. But I'm promising you, you're going to experience a very similar a sense of financial security as a guy with $25 million, once you have the money coming in that covers all your personal overhead. I, that, that might sound a little wild and crazy to some of you, but that's the truth. Once your personal overhead is covered and once the money coming in passively pays for all your personal overhead, here's what happens because we've had obviously droves of coaching clients that have done this. 
you all of a sudden you won't want to not work anymore. You'll still work, but the money you get from working is going to go to having fun. <laughs> it's going to go to spoiling your family, spoiling yourself. It's going to go to you know charities. It's going to go to doing things that you want to do versus the things you have to do. But the first things first in that order, accept the fact that riches where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Drill down on what your personal budget is. Use Dave Ramsey as your mentor for doing that. And then you're, start, you're going to start opening your mind to the realization that you can be actually technically rich, and many of you in 24 to 36 months. If there's a recession and you have low personal overhead, but you're still earning money, you'll actually be able to increase your um, net worth faster because real estate will go on sale and there'll be more tenants more people rent when the economy is uncertain and then prices often will fall inflation deflation those are variables that we have to take into consideration when we get there but the reality of it is is if you're listening to us and you're and you've been through the last recession the big one 10 years ago you know as well as i do in retrospect you wish you would have had more stakes in the freezer i.e more money saved so you could have purchased more properties there's not a single one of you that were in real estate 12 years ago that are not exact in perfect alignment with what i just said now here is where we get into the thorny patch this is where sometimes, and Julie, you, you and I can work on this one together. We have never once asked this question in front of any size group and had someone give us the answer. Well, I did have someone get really close the other day on a webinar, I have to say. A webinar is doing in Hawaii. But here's the question. You guys, listeners, what is your product? What do you produce? What must you produce to stay in business? Ask yourself that question. Challenge yourself to come up with an answer. Office managers, brokers, team leaders, whatever you call yourselves, and you're using our podcast or training for your agents, I want you to ask them to ask themselves that question. Ask the question. Answer it now. What's your answer? Julie, what are the typical answers we hear? This is always fun. And I think that they think that it's somehow a trick question. It's absolutely not. <laughs> but what do we typically hear? Uh, my customer service. I take really good care of my clients. I'm a real estate uh, consultant, counselor, something of that nature. Uh, it's the house that I sell is my product. You know, lots of those different things. And, of course, all of that's important, but that's not the answer. Well, they'll say happy customers. They'll say, um, you know, all referrals. They'll say all this. It just never ends. It just keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going. And um, the answer is, guys, the real answer is, the only answer is, it's, oh, someone will say, my job is to produce lots of revenue. Okay, well, that's getting closer. Someone might say, my job is to produce lots of home sales. That's closer. But your real job, what you must produce to stay in business is profit. That's it. Profit, for some reason, in the real estate industry, is a taboo topic. And I think I know why, because nobody really makes any. How about that? Shocking, isn't it? So you guys, I know, Tim, I, this is a little bit too, I don't get it. I don't like your, that's this, I don't like what you're saying. Okay, don't listen to me. Do your own homework. I'll give you guys a, a breadcrumb to, uh, or a string to pull on. Go and listen to a past podcast we did with Steve Murray, who's the CEO of Real Trends. Now, why should you listen to Steve Murray? Because as a, he also is one of the leading experts on murders, mergers and acquisition uh, for real estate practices, for big brokerages. He's in the middle. He's the guy that helps prepare brokerages for sale, and he's also working on preparing uh, teams for sale. And he's, done, he's starting to, you know, so here's, I'll give you guys the punchline. 
listen to the podcast yourself. Most brokerages make about 3%, 3%, 1-2-3. Most teams now are making 10% and falling. Why? Because they're just essentially spending all their money. They're not making any profit. It is very normal for a real estate broker. The old joke in, real estate, in the real estate industry, and, and this is, again, a little harsh, but it's true. Just being, being a broker just makes you broker. Now, once you get to scale and you have hundreds of agents, you can actually start making a profit. But here's the problem. Most modern brokerages, and I say modern, those built in the last 10 years, were built on the backs of buying buyer leads. You guys who are buying buyer leads, you guys who are you know, feeding your agents with buyer leads, and that's how you built your business. You know that the buyer leads have become more expensive. You know that the sale through on the buyer leads that you're buying has, has declined dramatically. All these things we've talked about in our past podcasts. So we can, uh, I think, agree at this point that the dawn of the buying buyer leads trend is here or it's very near. So when a recession hits or when people start feeling more pessimistic, when people start to overreact emotionally and panic because they don't know what to do, consumers, real estate people, everybody, here's what's going to happen to the buying buyer lead based brokers. Boy, that's a lot of bees. They're going to go bust. There's another one. Because their agents do not know how to do anything other than chirp real loud like pissed off hungry birds. Right outside my office window, there's a cardinal's nest <laughs> and one of Julie's hanging um, planters. And there's a, right outside the window, there's a mom bird and three or four baby birds, and they get real loud and angry about every, no, it seems like almost 20 minutes, looking for her to fly back and drop off more food into their little pissed off beaks. And many of, you, many of you have created paradigms exactly like that on your teams, in your brokerages. And we, again, Diane Ramirez and I talked about this. We talk about it every day on the podcast. If your brokerage, if your team isn't based on every single person generating revenue, not just basically taking it through the form of giving more leads. In other words, your buyer's agents must prospect. Your agents must generate leads themselves. If you're not teaching people to be proactive, if they're all basically been raised in a steady diet of passive, they are not going to make a changing market. They do not have the skills, and you will not have the budget to keep them around. The business will fail. Don't look. I know some of you, I get emails after Julie and I do shows like this where people who know and love us are worried that we're maybe being a little bit too harsh and direct with what we say. And I know sometimes we are, but here's the fact. If we're not, you're not going to hear it from anybody else. I know you won't. So we need to do the best we can of making an impact so you don't suffer in whatever's around the corner. Now, around the corner in my mind is two years, okay, or, you know, essentially a year and a half to two years. That's around the corner. Gives all of us enough time to prepare, all of us enough time to learn our skills, all of us the next time enough time to transform our brokerages away from being uh, you know, stuck in this paradigm of buying buyer leads and, and move towards focusing on skills and accountability and working on listings. But here's the punchline. Your product and your real estate business is profit. Individual practitioners who make up a vast majority of all of you listening, individual agents, you guys should all not be accepting a profit margin in your real estate practice any less than 50%, and ideally it should be 75%. Your ideal team model, if you want a team at all, is a very small, efficient team based on listings. We have, that is what we teach. That is the heart of what we teach. 
We teach a rainmaker, team leader, whatever you want to call yourself, to focus on listings, and then your assistants, or if you want to call them team members, are there to make it so that they assist you in servicing those sellers and getting the sellers sold. If you have buyer leads, which you will because you'll have listings, then you refer those off to independent agents and collect 25%. This is a model which allows you to make huge profit margins and not have to deal with all the headaches of dealing with the buyer side of the business and buying buyer leads. This is the model that makes you rich because it has huge profit margins. Do I need to say that again? Other, business, other model, 10% profit and falling. The business model we're describing to you guys, 50% plus profit margin in increasing because so few agents have the skill set to go after the listings. Julie, does this make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does make sense. And, you know, a lot of guys that are working on this thought of how do they get to that freedom, how do they get to that wealth, how do they get to where their money is working for them, you know, it seems like there's two schools of thought that they go through. I have to earn more money is the most common one. Well, if I want to save more, if I want to pay stuff off, well, I've got to earn more. But I think the point you made at the top of the call is even more important, but also probably more challenging. And that's keeping your debt, your monthly outflow and stopping the never ending feeding of those baby birds of their buyer leads, for example, to do both at the same time, increase your revenue by increasing your skill going on more appointments, taking more listings, becoming more of a listing agent and less of a buyer's agent. At the same time, you're keeping a, an eye on those expenses and you're not just hitting the easy button and responding to whatever offers in your email. I think it's important that they recognize they have to do both at the same time. I remember our first thought was, well, we're just going to have to earn more. And the problem is if you only concentrate on that, you can be sucked into, well, what am I going to have to do to earn more? Well, I've got to get more leads. What's the easiest excuse me, way I think, maybe I should just buy leads. I mean, that's what a lot of people talk about. We've even heard brokers say, well, the only reason you prospect is until you can afford to buy leads, which I think is complete craziness in any market, especially in a changing market. But I just wanted to point that out, that it's, it's not one or the other. You've got to be doing both. And, of course, that requires so, that you have the skill to do it. Go ahead. So the idea, what we're going to be focusing on as we go through the next couple of days of podcasts, is we all have to be in agreement that you guys can all be rich within a shorter window time frame than you think. I know it's very difficult to wrap your minds around the simplicity of what we're saying because you've been sold on the idea that being rich is some big complex thing. Being rich has been politicized. During the last presidential, uh, you know, it's a whole 1%, the 1% of the 1%, blah, 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 blah. So essentially, wealth accumulation has become a political hot button. You give yourself permission, whatever political leanings you have. I don't want to scratch that nerve. I just want you to give yourself permission to be financially independent. Because when you no longer have to work for your money and your money works for you, you don't work. You will probably, honestly, you'll probably work more intensely because the work itself the result of the work will be more pleasurable because it goes to pleasurable things. It'll go to having fun, spoiling people, going on trips, buying nice things that you've always dreamed about. But give yourself permission first to get to the point where you're rich, where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money, and your personal overhead is covered by the way – those of you guys who are thinking about retirement, which is usually people once they hit about 43, what you're going to discover is you have probably not enough time going the traditional route with securities, with stocks and bonds and index funds and the rest of it to accumulate enough to really amount to a hill of beans in income when you reach this mythical retirement age of 67 or whatever it is. 
Okay, and it's going to take you 20 or 30 years, and there's all kinds of that. You know, that path is obviously wrought with peril. Depending on when you decide to retire, you could be retiring into a recession, and your portfolio could be. You guys get the whole thing. If you don't study this yourself, it is fascinating. What we're going to be doing is showing you how to do both. We're going to show you how to build your real estate portfolio, and usually you don't need a lot of properties, and we're going to show you how that portfolio itself is your retirement income. But we want you to continue to invest in the traditional securities because of the tax advantages. That way you have a hedge. That way you're doing more than one thing. That way you have the stock market that's working for you ideally, and you have your real estate that's working for you ideally, and you guys can start accumulating wealth. The traditional way of thinking about wealth accumulation, like it's going to come from some big, big liquidity event. Someone's going to leave you a bunch of money. You're going to you know, buy the winning lottery ticket, all these other sort of you know, mythical things. They never happen. Not in such a, uh, you know, numbers that it's even worth even considering. So if you ever want to be free of the financial burden of having to work for a living, right, you already have accomplished because you have your real estate license, the freedom from tyranny of a boss. Now you have to create a system to make it so you have the freedom of tyranny of having to worry about money. That's what we're going to be showing with uh, you guys how to do in the next couple podcasts, right? That's what we focus on, practical, tactical things, so that we can take care of all the individual practitioners out there. Look, you guys are the heart and soul of this industry. You know, Real estate agents are the boots on the ground. The most successful brokerages in the world, they don't consider themselves in the real estate business. They consider themselves in the agent business. Agents are going to be the, the folks who are, frankly, the most important aspect of the changing market. You guys are going to have to get your skills on, get your head screwed on straight, take care of yourselves. Um, please do not struggle with the concept that you could be financially free because it's honestly easier than you think when you use our plan. It's simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overanalyze it. We're going to pick up where we left off uh, today, tomorrow. If you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.